Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Hey everybody, Pastor Andrew here. We're in week four of our comeback series at the end of 2020. Who can't wait to get out of 2020? <laughs> I can't. I'll put my hand up for that. Um, I'm just so grateful to be with you, our Mountain Park family, our online family, wherever you're listening to this from or watching this. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, because that's coming up soon too. Um, but we are in week four. Pastor Brenda's message last week was amazing and incredible. And this week we are continuing in this comeback series. Of course, every year uh, it's tradition for us to end the year with a series that's titled After the Word We Believe God Giving to Us for Our Church for the Coming Year. And that word this year is comeback. And if you haven't joined us yet, Comeback is actually like a triple entendre, if you will. Um, in week one, we talked about our need to come back to God with our whole heart. And we uncovered this principle in Scripture. It's found through the whole of Scripture. This first principle of God's, or the statute of God, this principle of God is that God wants your whole heart, my whole heart. Uh, week two, was uh, God's call to us to come back to him with our whole life. And that scriptural principle undergirding all of that in scripture is that God must be first. So head back to week two and watch that if you want to know more about that. Um, this uh, first two weeks, those two weeks are you know, sort of the first of the three entendres um, and that God is calling us to come back. Um Last week, Pastor Brenda talked to us about that second meaning of comeback, which is that God has a comeback for you in your life, that God is the God of the comeback. And we see this all through Scripture as well. And if there was a principle we could draw out of that, a third principle for life that we find in Scripture, it's that God is always for restoration, God always has a redemption plan. God always has a restoration plan. And God is always working toward the good of those who love him. So we've been walking through uh, these different ways to come back to God and the reality that God has a comeback story for our life. Um, and today I'm going to unpack this next sort of comeback. And that's the comeback um to God's covering or come back an invitation, I guess, if you will, an invitation to come back under the covering of God. Today, we're actually going to be talking about his blessing because the truth is that where his covering is, is also where his blessing is. And uh, in the next two weeks, in the next weeks, we're going to talk about the third kind of way to come back or think about that word comeback that God is calling us to is to come back to an intentionality in our lives knowing that Jesus is coming back. And so that's the word that God has given us for our lives. I'm actually going to give you time uh, today uh, to, to actually 
reflect on and even write down what you believe God is calling you to in this next year. I I really sincerely believe God wants to give you a word for your life in 2021 and a word for your life that will set your perspective above just the tyranny of the urgent and the mess of the day. God has a, a prophetic and a strategic word for your life. This is the word for our church. And we're calling you to come back, and we're calling our church to a comeback, um, and we're calling ourselves to live with a new intentionality of the uh, coming back of Christ. But I believe God has a specific word for your life. So you can begin to even pray about that. Of course, this is our offering Sunday as well, our year-end offering. We do this once a year. We don't ask you to give above and beyond your giving at any other time in the year. And if you're just new with us, this is a tradition that we do take an offering above what we normally give so that we can go beyond where we normally go. This is an offering today for the growth and expansion of God's ministry through our church. And we find that growth and expansion in our facilities and operations. We find that growth and expansion in our ministries and the vision that God has given us for the coming year. And we find that growth and expansion through uh, sort of um, uh, resources and technology and things like that. So I, as we've been asking you to pray about giving above and beyond, um, that's what you're sowing into are the next things that God is calling us to. And so today is a call to come back under his covering. The truth is in scripture that God is a God of blessing. Uh, first and foremost, that blessing is actually a defining characteristic of God's. Because God is love, because God is good, God is therefore a God of blessing. So if you've got a Bible, uh, bring it out. If you've got your phone with you or your tablet or whatever, pull up your electronic Bible. And we don't need to get very far into the scriptures before we find our first instance of God blessing. And I just want to read some of these to you. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 28. 28 sorry. Um, God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. This is the first sort of uh, instance of God issuing a blessing on the earth. Genesis 9, verse 1. Let's just turn a few chapters over. Uh, we're now in the story of Noah. So, uh, you know, Cain and Abel has happened. Sin has entered the world. Uh, things have gone downhill so dramatically um, that God has ha basically hit a big reset button. And this is where we find uh, the story of Noah and his family. The flood has happened. The earth has been destroyed. Everybody's gone except for Noah and his family. They're now out of the ark. And this is what it says in Genesis 9, verse 1. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So same instructions as he gave to Adam and Eve. If we skip down to verse 7, it says, uh, But you, be fruitful and multiply, spread out over the earth and multiply on it. So we see these common words, um, God blessing, this word of fruitfulness, and a word of multiplication happening. 
Um, then we see in verse 20, uh, this interesting verse, 9 verse 20, Noah, as a man of the soil, began by planting a vineyard. Okay, so just keep that in your mind as we travel through. I, um, I want you to just keep that imagery in your mind. Uh, Noah is a farmer, and the first thing that he sets out to do is drop some seeds in the soil and plant a vineyard. That word bless, um, in view, in scripture, there is a, a monetary materialistic kind of perspective there that is in scripture. Um, God doesn't just bless with words of kindness and things like that. He blesses people financially. He blesses their capacity to generate wealth and income. But that's not uh, what I want us to focus on here. I want to give you sort of a definition, I think, biblically of blessing, and that's to fill with benefit or to cause what has been blessed to be a further source of blessing to others. So when we see this word bless in Scripture, as we read it in these stories from Adam and Eve to Noah to uh, Jesus in the New Testament, as we're going to find out in a moment— that word bless is to fill with benefit. Yes, that benefit can have monetary value, but that benefit can range in a whole bunch of other um, areas and capacities. So to bless is to fill with benefit or to cause what has been blessed or the object of that blessing to be a further source of blessing for others. Let's just pop over now, uh, into the New Testament, Matthew 14 is what we're going to kind of camp out on together. This is the story of Jesus and the feeding of 5,000. And uh, we're going to hop in on verse 15. All right, so Matthew 14, verse 15. When Jesus heard about it, he withdrew from there by a boat to a remote place to be alone. When the crowds heard about this. So Jesus has just actually uh, learned that his cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. And so he he actually wanted to withdraw and have some time of grieving. He wanted to process things uh, on his own, so he withdraws, but the huge crowds follow him. And uh, it says, when they heard that he was gone, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went astray, ashore, he saw a large crowd, had compassion on them, and healed the sick. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted, and it's already late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, basically, I can just sense Jesus um, or feel like Jesus is like, wait a minute. Uh, you don't pretend to be just advocating for somebody else. You're probably complaining yourself that I've been preaching all day and are looking for an excuse to kind of like wrap things up and uh, send them away. So if you're the one that's complaining about it or you see the problem, step in and fix the problem if you can. And I don't want to go on too much of a sidebar here, but so often, um, especially in the church world, we're like, well, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so did that, and, uh, you know, I've heard about all of these problems. So, Jesus, I'm just simply bringing them to you. Like, this is what everybody else is saying. 
And uh, I get that a lot, actually. Uh, people coming to me and saying, well, so-and-so is saying this, and all of these people are saying that, and whatever. And um, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. And that's essentially what the disciples are saying, is, look, don't shoot the messenger. And Jesus is saying, well, okay, you be the answer to the problem then. You step in and do it. And they all look at themselves and go, uh, we don't think that we can do that. So Jesus says this, um, or so they say to Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fish here. Jesus, like, what are we going to do? We don't have uh, nearly enough. There are 5,000 men. What we need to just remind ourselves of is that in Scripture, in this time in antiquity, they only counted men. So, uh, but there would have been women and children, wives there. There very possibly could be uh, 20,000 or more people that are there. And the disciples come and say, look, we can't do anything about this. We have five loaves and two fish. Bring them here to me, he said. That's Jesus speaking. Then he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them. Okay, so we see again, here's this word bless, all right? So we've seen that God uh, blessed Adam and Eve. God blessed Noah all through Scripture. We see God wanting to bless because he is a God who desires to bless us. They bring what is clearly inadequate to Jesus, what is clearly insufficient, what is clearly lacking, they bring it to Jesus, and it says that he, first of all, blesses them. Um, I want to just, if you want to even take a note or make a note of this, I think there's a sequence here that we need to pay attention to. And the first step that I want uh, you to just write down or make a note of here is that God wants to bless the seed or the first portion. So last week, or no, two weeks ago now, we talked about this principle that God must be first. This principle comes with God's desire to bless that seed or that first portion. Adam and Eve are the first people on earth, and God blesses them. Noah and his family are the first ones after the flood to be given the call to repopulate, to be fruitful and multiply on the earth. They're the first. They're that seed, and God wants to bless that first portion or that seed. Noah plants a seed, all right? So remember, we're going back to that, uh, chapter 7, verse 20, I think or nine, I can't remember. But Genesis, uh, Noah plants a vineyard. He cultivates it. Uh, God had given Noah a seed, and God wanted to bless that seed. Jesus blesses this first portion of fish. There's been no miracle yet. There's been no multiplication. The disciples are probably still sitting there going, all right, Jesus, like, I'm glad that you said grace, over this food, but what are we supposed to do with this still? The point was that Jesus wanted them to bring what they had to him. They wanted uh, the disciples to bring that first portion because he wanted to place his blessing on that first portion. 
before there was the miracle of multiplication. And this principle that we uh, learned a couple of weeks ago, God must be first, is tied to this. God must be first because he wants to bless what we bring. All right? So uh, we can kind of go back to Cain and Abel and go, well, God didn't bless Cain's offering. Why didn't God bless Cain's, but he blessed Abel? And the answer to that is found in the text that we read in Genesis. It says that Abel brought God the first fruits of his uh, farming. But it says specifically that in the course of time, Cain brought God an offering. So Abel brought what was first and asked God to bless that first portion, that seed, uh, Cain did not. He brought an offering to God in the course of time. So basically, you know, he brought to God um, that offering when he felt that it was convenient for him and he, you know, had taken care of himself and whatever it was. The reason that God did not bless Cain's offering was because it wasn't the first. Cain hadn't brought him the first. Here's this principle, again, going back to a few weeks ago, God must be first. The first step to that is the reality of knowing. Step one, we see it in Genesis, we're seeing it here in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Step one, God wants to bless that first portion. The responsibility of you and I is to bring that first portion, all right? So that's step one. Step two is that we are called to be fruitful, all right? So step one is God wants to bless that first portion. Step two is that we are called to be fruitful, all right? So going right back to Genesis, what does God uh, do? He says he blesses them, and then he gives Noah and Adam and Eve, but Noah and his sons, this command, be fruitful and multiply. What did that mean? It meant that Noah had been given a seed, all right? So there was a fruitfulness and multiplication from a, a human, physiological, biological perspective. And I'll just save us the, you know, the, the social studies um, lesson on that. But there was a, a human multiplication. But then there was also a fruitfulness that God had charged Noah with um, with, you know, working the land. And so what Noah needed to do was to plant and cultivate and tend the vineyard that he had planted. So um, being fruitful is actually our responsibility. And the be fruitful part is actually tied to obedience and faithfulness. So when we look at the story here of the feeding of the five thousands, we have the blessing of that first portion. The fruitfulness is actually the the, uh, the obedience and faithfulness of the disciples taking what was blessed and beginning to hand it out. So look at, I want you to notice specifically what happens here or what's said. It says um, that Jesus broke the loaves gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. 
So the fruitfulness in this story, the fruitfulness in this pattern happens as Jesus gives what has been blessed back to the disciples and says, now it's in your hands. In the same way that Noah needed to plant a vineyard, cultivate it, work the ground, uh, nurture it, care for it so that it could produce fruit, God is saying fruitfulness in your life, fruitfulness in my life is a product actually of faithfulness and obedience. What God didn't do and what Jesus didn't do um, was just, you know, multiply 20,000 fish and loaves in front of the disciples right there and just say, okay, now grab your baskets and, you know, form a distribution chain and, and take care of it. There was nothing miraculous that seemed to take place there. And yet when we are thinking about a word like fruitfulness and being fruitful, what we're asking for is like we, we pray and we say, God, would you bless this in my life? And then we sit back and we go, okay, God, uh, make the miracle happen. Uh, show up and, and do what I've asked you to do. Create fruitfulness. And yet God is saying, no, actually the be fruitful is your part of responsibility in this whole equation. Well, step one is that I want to bless what's brought to me first. Step two is that you're called to be fruitful. We don't see in the story of Noah in Genesis that God planted the vineyard and caused the grapes to grow and caused every. It was actually the responsibility of Noah. If you don't believe me, here, let's move on to Deuteronomy 11, 26 and 28. All right. Deuteronomy 11. We're back into uh, the Old Testament here. Deuteronomy 11, 26 and 28 uh, says this, look today, this is God speaking. Look today, I set before you a blessing and a curse. This is God speaking through Moses, sorry, just to be specific. Um, look today, I set before you a blessing and a curse. There will be a blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God I am giving you today. And a curse if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God and you turn aside from the path I commanded you today by following other gods you have not known, okay? So being fruitful, uh, experiencing the benefit of God's blessing on our life, coming under his covering, okay? coming back under his covering and experiencing the benefit of his blessing requires obedience and faithfulness. This is the be fruitful part of the equation. Step two, we're called to be fruitful. Being fruitful requires obedience on our part. This leads me to what I would say would be the fourth principle in this whole series, right? So first principle, God wants your whole heart. Second principle, um, God must be first. Third principle, God is always working toward restoration. Fourth principle is obedience produces fruitfulness. This is the story of, we find it all over the scripture. It's obedience that produces 
fruitfulness. God wants to bless what you bring to him first, but it's obedience that produces fruitfulness. What did Jesus say in John 12, uh, 24? He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot produce fruit. All right? Um, Jesus blessed the fish. What did he do with the fish? Then he broke it. There is um, a reality to obedience that is a breaking of our will, a breaking of our desire, a surrendering of ourselves to God that is necessary for the releasing of fruitfulness. All right? So Jesus says a kernel of wheat, if it's going to be fruitful, if it's going to multiply, it has to fall to the ground and die and be broken open. Jesus took this fish, he blessed it, and then he broke it. And I want to submit to you that that fish, (laughs) in some way or another, was broken thousands of times. It went through this breaking over and over again, and it was the breaking that released new fruitfulness and new multiplication in its life. There is a breaking, a surrender that we need to be willing to walk through in order to experience fruitfulness. For Noah, it was the seed that had to go in the ground, be pressed and covered, experience that breaking so that vineyard could begin to spring to life and produce fruitfulness for Noah. So the obedient action of the disciple of Jesus, it's our obedient action that takes the blessing of Jesus and begins to produce fruitfulness from the blessing. There is a a man named in the Old Testament. He's only named one. There's two verses about him literally in the whole Bible. And if you grew up, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like I did, uh, you may have read books about him because there was a whole movement, but his name name was Jabez. And you can find this story in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. But Jabez, um, literally, his name means born in pain and hurt. Jabez had one prayer that's recorded in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. He said, God, would you bless me and would you increase my territory? Would you increase my capacity? Would you increase the boundaries of my gifting and my fruitfulness in my life. And God actually answered his prayer, it says. But um, I think that there's something that author of Chronicles is playing on with the name of Jabez, and that is that it's out of our, our pain, our pain and our pressing, that kernel of wheat that falls to the ground and dies, that broken fish that a yielding of our life in obedience, that the breaking of our wants and our desires, the breaking of our will is the very thing that produces uh, fruitfulness in our life. So principle number one, God wants to bless what is brought to him first, that first portion, all right? Uh, step number two, sorry, that was step one. Step two is we're called to be fruitful. And obedience is the thing that positions us for greater blessing, for more fruitfulness, and for multiplication. 
Deuteronomy 28. I want you to actually make a note of that and actually go and read that. This is uh, what God is speaking through Moses. And um, he's saying, now if you faithfully obey the Lord, all right? This is God speaking. If you faithfully obey the Lord and are careful to follow all his commands, I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come. Listen to this language. These blessings will come and overtake you because you will obey the Lord. Blessing is linked to obedience because you will obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Your offspring will be blessed and your land's produce and the offspring of your livestock, including the young of your herds and the newborn of your flocks, your basket and kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will march out against you from one direction, but flee from you in several directions. There is no limit to what my blessing can release in your life. And my blessing is not just about uh, your bank account. I want to bless every area of your life. I, I want you to test me in this. Be faithful and obedient to what I'm inviting you to do. Bring to me what is mine as the first portion. Let me bless it. Then be obedient with it and see what I'll do in every area of your life. It's obedience that positions us for greater blessing. And here's the reality that blessing is not a reward, okay? Blessing is not a reward. Blessing is a consequence of living under the leadership and lordship of Jesus. I want you to get this. Because often we think of blessing as being a reward. Like, God, okay, I'll do this for you um, so that you can give me this back. You know, I'll give to you so that uh, according to your word, you can multiply it and give it back to me and bless it more. No, no, no. Blessing isn't a reward. Blessing is a consequence. Blessing is a natural effect fact of living under the covering of God, okay? We're, we're calling God and saying, God, we want to come back under your covering. Blessing is a consequence of living under the lordship, the covering of the lordship of Jesus Christ in our, in our life. If we walk in obedience and surrender him, to him, the a natural outflow of that will be to live under the blessing and sufficiency of God. I want to give you just another analogy, uh, and this is something I felt I've felt Jesus speaking to me that it's the work of pressing that produces fruitfulness. In the Bible, we have all of these analogies of grapes being pressed for wine and for new wine and olives being pressed for oil and all of these things. But it's actually the pressing that produces the fruit. The pressing is what we experience in the life of surrender and obedience. And I want to just submit this to you because none of us are comfortable. That We don't want to live under God's pressing. It's not, it's not comfortable for us, but the greater the pressing, the greater the yield of fruitfulness. Just think about that for a moment. 
you may feel like in your life now you can't even handle anymore. And you can't, probably. But Christ in you and through you can. You can be pressed, but he won't allow you to be crushed. The greater the the pressure of the pressing, the more fruitfulness is yielded. And when we walk in obedience and faithfulness, we walk under the pressing of God, the brokenness of God, the breaking of our will. And that comes with pain, that comes with pressing, but that pressing and that pain produce fruitfulness in our life. Jesus was pressed so hard in the garden that he sweat drops of blood. That's the level of pressing that he was willing to undergo for you and I. He said, Father, if you could take this away from me, I'm begging you to do it, yet not my will, but yours be done. I will submit, Father, to your pressing. And that pressing, the weight of the anguish and the torment and his insides being ripped to shreds in a way, that weight produced drops of blood. It physically manifested. That's how hard Jesus was pressed in faithfulness and obedience so that you and I could experience life. How could we not want to bring him an offering of everything we have, our whole life, our whole heart, all of our resources and everything he's blessed us with? And the road for you and I is the same. We walk the same road that Jesus did. It's the pressing, I'll give you a, you know, a good preacher's cliche. It's the pressing that leads to the blessing and the release of the blessing in our life. So Jesus wants to bless what's brought to him first. He breaks the fish, but it's only in the act of the obedience of the disciples, giving it away, that we see the miracle of multiplication. There's a progression here that we need to pay attention to. It's the pressing that leads to the release of the blessing in our life. God is calling you and I to be fruitful in our lives. And my question to you is, what is he calling you to this year? In 2021, that's coming up just around the corner. He's, I know he's calling you to a life of fruitfulness in him. I want you to just take a moment. I, I want to encourage you to grab your phone and open your notes or grab a piece of paper and a pen. Because I know that God is calling you to fruitfulness in 2021. And that he's got a word for your life. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray really briefly, um, and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to actually give you a word. And here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to edit it. I don't want you to second guess it. I don't want you to rationalize it. I don't want you to explain it away. I want you to write down the word, or maybe sometimes there's multiple, but the word that comes to your mind as I pray. So, would you do this experiment with me? Would you just close your eyes wherever you are, whatever you're doing uh, safely? <laughs> close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close them. Um, but would you close your eyes right now? 
I'm just going to say, come Holy Spirit. On every couch, in every chair, in every car, every headphone and earbud, everyone under the sound of my voice, I'm just going to ask that you would come, Holy Spirit. You have a word that I believe prophetically wants to lead toward fruitfulness in all of our lives. And so I'm asking that you would release that word right now, Holy Spirit, for each person individually. I'm asking for you to speak. And now I just actually want to write down, uh, I challenge you to write down that word. Don't edit it again. Don't uh, second guess it. Don't, you know, I want you to write that down. And I just want to say, Father, with that word that's been written, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. May it be done according to your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. So step one, God wants to bless what you bring to him first. Step two, God calls us to fruitfulness, which is walking in obedience and surrender. And step three, it's God who brings the miracle of multiplication. God wants to move you and I out of being the object of his blessing. Okay, let's go right back to that beginning definition of blessing. Here's what I believe is on the heart of God for us today. And the reason we're even taking an offering, the reason we do every year, once a year, take an offering above and beyond what we normally give is this. God wants to move you and I from simply being the object of his blessing to being the source of further blessing to others. This is what God desires more than anything else. He, his desire wasn't that the disciples would just see this multiplication uh, of the fish and the loaves and, and get their fill themselves. What would have happened if Peter and the boys would have actually just started eating? <laughs> that wasn't God's heart and his plan. His plan was that Peter and the guys would become the source of blessing and multiplication for tens of thousands of people right in that moment. Here's why God wants to bless your life. Because he wants you to become a blessing for other people's lives. When we sow into the kingdom like we are today, what we're doing is saying, God, I want to be a blessing in other people's lives. I want uh, what you've given me to be multiplied. So I'm actually going to give away what I've been given in the same way the disciples, they gave away the loaves and the fish. It was God's blessing in their hand, then given away that produced multiplication. This is why as a church, we give back to God. We tithe. We don't just tithe 10%. We tithe 15% on every offering that comes in every week. And that tithe goes out every month to Africa, to indigenous communities in Ontario. It goes out to mission agencies. It goes out to um, Israel and to different ministries like that. We 
give back 15% because we feel God has called us not just to be blessed, but to be a source of blessing. For the last three years that we've taken these year-end offerings, we've tithed right away that week, which we're going to do this week, 10% right away, we give back to God as our tithe. Do you know that in the last three years from this offering on the second weekend of December alone, we've been able to give back you know, to other people to to bring back to God, to release back into the kingdom $62,000 just from taking three offerings the second week of December. Next week, we have an offering called our giveaway offering. And that offering next week, okay, not this one, but the offering next week, we are going to fully give away. Do you know that in addition to the $62,000 that we've sown into uh, uh, mission and sown into community needs in our community and sown into people's lives from our uh, year-end offerings, in addition to that, we've also given away $46,872 in the last few years. We've given it to pastors in Niagara, Directly, we've given it to uh, missionaries in Ontario directly. We've given it to people in our church who needed help directly. It's over $100,000 just from being faithful and obedient in the second week of December for our year-end offering and the third week of December for our giveaway offering. You know, this year alone, in that 15% that we bring back to God because we don't want to just be blessed by God. We want to release his blessing and be a source of blessing. Oh, already this year, not including the offering today, um, not including December, already this year we've given over $50,000 to projects and missionaries in Africa, a pastor's training event just before COVID in Egypt, indigenous ministry in Ontario, to um, ministry with um, with Jews in Israel, over 50,000 this year alone, God has called us. That God has called us not just to receive his blessing, but to be the conduit through which he pours out his blessing on other people's lives. I want to call you and challenge you today and remind you that number one, God wants to bless you. Number two, he's calling you to be fruitful. That means in this moment, he's calling you to obedience. We've asked you and invited you to pray about God, what God would have you give. It's not about a specific number. It's about you being obedient and faithful to what you feel God is calling you to give today. So he's blessed you. He's called you to be fruitful because he wants to put his hand of multiplication on what you sow into the kingdom today. There are lots of ways that you can give, um, and we're going to put some just up on the screen for you. You can e-transfer today from wherever you are, offering at MP, as in Mountain Park, offering at mp.church, right from your bank. You can give online on our website, mp.church. 
Um, you can text in, you can mail in, uh, it doesn't even matter. But I want to encourage you today to come back under the covering of God. God's blessing is not a reward. It's a consequence of living under his covering. And God doesn't just want to bless you in your life. He does want to do that. But God wants his blessing in your life to become a blessing for many other people. Would you respond in faithfulness today, in obedience, with me, with my family? We've been praying about this too. With me and my family, about how to bring God an offering today that will bless people we've never met and will never even know, maybe on this side of heaven. Let's pray together. Father, I'm just asking that you would stir us toward obedience. Remind us of your faithfulness. Pray for your blessing in our lives today. Pray, Father, that you would call us to come back under your covering, to come back to obedience and faithfulness, to come back and allow you to bless what we bring you first, to come back to a life of fruitfulness where we live in faithfulness and surrender and obedience, and to come back with the desire to not only be blessed, but to be a blessing to those around us. Father, I pray that you would take what we are bringing you today as an offering and that you would multiply it. Father, I am asking that it would just be like the uh, loaves and the fish that as they left the disciples' hands continued to multiply. Jesus, we love you and we trust you. Father, I pray for your blessing on every person who gives today. You would bless their finances, that you would bless their marriages and their families, that you would bless their health and their lives. Father, I pray that they would experience the goodness of living under your covering today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, I want to thank you for your faithfulness in participating with us. We love you. We love our online family. We are for you. If you need anything, email me, Andrew, at mp.church. I'd love to connect with you. Um, I'd love to hear your stories. I, if you have stories of God's faithfulness in your life, we would love to hear them. I hope that you experience this week God's immeasurable blessing in your life. Have a great week. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.